Greetings, Earthlings! You are witness to the greatness that is Zipsorp! I have just arrived on your fascinating planet and have decided I will be returning home with the most intelligent of your citizens. Those are, of course, those who saw fit to support the nonsense happening on Wonders and Blunders. This chaos of creativity is a soothing balm to our voyages in the cold dark of space. So, when you hear your name, know that my ship will arrive shortly to pick you up. Hudson Miles, Robert Hawks, Christopher Dunn, Nick Scott, Ian Ford, Gullitice, Matthew Smets, and Mary Rain. Try and be packed. I don't like to leave the engine idling. Neutrino fuel is at an all-time high. Chris Walsh, Christopher Bruce, Mike Hammond, Michael Parlov, Jason Campbell, Michelle B. Heather Romantic. I can't wait for you to meet our leaders. I promise the brain link won't be that painful. Noreen Elizabeth, Robert Andrews, David Forsey, Heather Baird, Cheryl N, Chelsea Dab, and Cheryl Scott. Oh, and pack some snacks. It's a long ride back to Zebulon Prime, and there aren't any good restaurants on the way. Previously on Wonders and Blunders, Lilia has captured Light and Bido. Caravan Star and Valen get to work repairing the damage to the cabin and the caravan after Lilia's attack, hoping to buy Valen enough time to rest to send a message to their lost comrades. They are rejoined by whom? Who, in my opinion, is literally the worst. This time, the little bugger is just in the body of a normal owl the size of a mango but hasn't learned to be any less irritating. The group realizes that the Queen Mimic won't rise from out of the ground, and so their transportation is cut short until they can figure out what's wrong with her. Meanwhile, in the abandoned giant city, Bree and Rowan delve deeper, hoping to find a way home. They discover a residential zone, and after exploring the houses, discover the body of a storm giant, long mummified and desiccated. But on its finger was a ring with a hexagonal plate on it that matched up with some of the indentations in the walls they had seen earlier. Bree cracked the giant's finger off, claimed the ring for themselves, and they proceeded to check out some of the other nearby houses, Rowan finding some paints and sketches, while Bree set her sights on a giant sword, which they managed to topple off of its display above the door, which resulted in a massive boom echoing through the empty city's hallways. If a sword falls off a door and no monsters are around to hear it, did it really happen? Let's find out on this week's episode of Wonders and Blunders. A city of crystal sits, a pale blue glowing dot in the infinite darkness of the ocean around it. A muffled boom echoes through the void. The sound reverberates in the huge, silent, dark hallways inside the city lit weakly by glowing blue cubes. We follow the sound back to an abandoned storm giant blacksmith's house, where Bree and Rowan stand next to the huge sword they had liberated from its display above the 35-foot doorway. Well, 
if anything is here, it will know now. Yeah, we, we just kind of rang the doorbell there, didn't we? Uh, but it is good. Uh, rather they know where we are and come looking for us than the other way around. Mm, yeah, yeah, and it seems like there's only the one door, too. I, I wonder, uh, you know, looking at that ring that we found, uh, well, it's a mighty big ring, but, but looking at it, I wonder if we could go and close that door. Uh, to this area, or? Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe not right now, but when it comes time to, to bed down, maybe we can see if we can close something up a little. Oh, he's not a bad idea. Uh, was there a, a door uh, similar leaving that room? To the, to the main door, because I know there was like the big door in that central chamber that had the oh, key, yeah, but was true. there one that led to the other hallways? Uh, yes, it, it looked like those doors could be opened and closed as well. Okay, okay. sweet. That's, that was my assumption, but I realized I hadn't actually looked into it. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. Yeah. yeah, you did a pretty thorough investigation of that room. Yeah, it's a good idea. It would be better to be safe. Uh, perhaps if anything is here, it does not know how uh, these work. Yeah, well, that'd be the hope. Uh, and Bree kind of like walks over to where the sword has dug into the ground and he's, uh, seems like very nice craftsmanship, no? Well, it definitely seems on brand with the rest of this place, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, and can I try to pull it out of the wood? Uh, yeah, like working it back and forth a bit, it actually slides out just because of how sharp it is. <laughs> wow. And uh, with it now kind of up close, not, you know, whatever... 12, 15, 50 feet above the doorway. Uh, is there is there any like distinguished markings on it? Are there any like yeah. runes that we've seen elsewhere or a little signature engraved yeah, on it or maker's something? Maker's mark or something. <laughs> it does remind you, uh, like, like holding it and having the ax as well, a lot of really similar crafting marks. Hmm, okay. And when they are next to each other, like when you pull it out, that kind of metallic ring starts to vibrate through it and you feel it echoed slightly in the axe i like bonk them together a little bit <laughs> yeah there is a definite clang and like a slight from the axe little jolts of almost like static lightning jump between the the blades oh yeah. he's like they are friends yeah that's something do you think it's the same the same maker like the same uh blacksmith uh maybe uh he seems to have some uh, memory, the axe. Uh, and I, I, I want to take the axe and like donk it against the apron and the blacksmith's tools and see if it has like a similar, like Bree is like playing the house like a xylophone basically with the yeah. axe. Yeah, and like remembering the scale of this, like you are dragging this thing like fucking pyramid head <laughs> yeah, yeah. around uh, and like lifting it up. And uh, the, the sword is like, you know, the cloud sword, huge weapon sword. These would be like probably one-handed, but maybe like versatile weapons for a giant. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like you are able to kind of move them around. You do find that you have a way easier time moving the axe than you do the sword, even though they are the same size and weight. Interesting. Oh. Bringing it over to and like tapping it on other things, nothing really happens. Okay. But yeah, so the the sword has this kind of big decorative guard on the bottom. It has actually four. What are those called? The the cross guard. Cross guard, yeah. Uh, the cross guard is four pronged, and they all sort of curve up. Oh, cool! Uh, like it was meant for almost disarming as well. Cool. Uh, cool. As protecting the hand, there's leather wrapped around the handle, and all of that is is 
runed in. Uh, Rowan, you would be able to read hmm. the runes which tell a story. Oh. Uh, it looks like whoever held this was carving stories into the leather. Um, none of them are of battle, okay. but of the weapons that they forged for other people, and they are stories of great accomplishments. Right. So like a like a CV of like, hey, the person who made this sword also made these great things, right? Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Oh, uh, hey, Bree, uh, that, that hilt there, that leather, look look at that, that. All of those uh, seems to be making some kind of story here. It's almost like, uh, let me have a look here. Uh, yeah, it's it's like oh, a, like a little history going on here. Uh, what does it say? Oh well, uh, we've got uh, we've got here uh, some something about a, a spearhead that took down some kind of uh, behemoth, and we've got uh, looking around. We've got daggers that uh, was involved in some kind of political thing. I I don't really know the translations here, so was, I don't. That's a bit of a ballpark, I guess. But that kind of stuff, that's pretty cool. Oh, seems like a collection of uh, very good weapons. Hmm. Oh, Rowan, where did you learn to uh, uh, understand the runes of giants? Oh. Uh, all, all this time, uh, you are much smaller than them. Uh, I am surprised you know how they uh, uh, read. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a bit of a Furbolg uh, tradition, I guess you could say. It's, mm, that's a long story, Bree. That, I, I guess the easiest way to tell it would be uh, we were once kind of under their thumb and uh, we weren't treated real well about it. And this goes way back. This is long, long before before I was around or anybody else. Uh, way back. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a bit of a bit of an iron gauntlet kind of idea. And uh, well, we, we got to be where we are now uh, thanks to some rather intrepid Eladrin. And uh, they kind of saved our people and, and set us up and and Hot Warden, and uh, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of crazy kind of history and, and baggage there. It's interesting uh, that uh, small, tiny, fragile Ladrin like uh, General Norbert, uh, that they can fight big giants like this. He's almost laughable in there. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, I mean, we did it that one time, remember, in the forest, so uh, I don't know, I guess. Uh, he's small you... giant, though, in comparison, it would seem. Yeah. But, uh, Hey, you know, you also had to breathe there to help deal with you know, <laughs> kneecaps and such. That we did. Yeah, you know, I bet you those Eladrin would have done even better if they had a had a breathe with them. I uh, can only imagine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, Bree kind of says, just kind of turning over the sword of over and over and looking at these ruins, uh, just an in interest uh, on the leather and. Yeah. Like try, trying to read them, but having no understanding of how the language works. And, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of doing the same thing sort of next to him, just sort of gawking for a bit. And, oh, oh, wait a second. And I sling that, uh, the painting I have rolled up, I sling that kind of off of my back. Yo, have a look at this. Now, we, we were Ooh. having a laugh about this whole city being in the sky. And I'm trying <laughs> yes. to spread it out while we're talking. Flying CD is totally absurd. Right, right. But, well, have a look at this. And I'll kind of like give it a... a I guess a kick, and it sort of rolls across the room and unleashes this painting of this beautiful floating city. Oh. Yeah. Well, now, uh, this kind of thing I understand more. Uh, That's something, isn't it? It's very beautiful. 
Yeah, the whole house is, is full of them over there. Yeah, it must have been some sort of artist, I guess, and oh. all kinds of stuff. They, they've got another one of this whole square right here, and it's just bustling with people and a, a very lively place. This is something Fezrek would be very interested in, I imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, and Valen, too, yeah. Oh, and then these pictures, he's all in clouds. Well, that's just it, eh? Like, I, I mean, really... Uh, you, do not, you do not think City actually fly, do you? Well, I... Uh, Bree looks, like, almost concerned, like, scared, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and Roan is definitely looking around and looking up at the domes and, uh, I guess, any of the kind of darker shapes of domes, maybe further afield that I can kind of see through and, um... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm starting to think may, maybe it did, but I mean, how it got there to here—that's uh, a story. Uh, well, well, that's a story I'd like to hear. That's for sure. Yes, I would like to hear, but maybe not like to find out. Mm. What could do that? Uh, you know, hopefully we don't have to live it. We, we can just kind of read it somewhere and, and then find a nice doorway home. <laughs> yes, uh, would be a good idea. But uh, Rowan, perhaps we should. Uh, uh, do as planned and lock up doors on way. Mm. See if we can find as uh, much good bedding in this place. Would be a good place to settle down for night. Well, like, what kind of time is it? Like, it's been a long day for us, hasn't it? It has, yeah. And really difficult to tell exact time, but you can, like, listening to your bodies, you are exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Regardless of the, the time here um, in this kind of constant dark and gloom it definitely feels like you could bed down yeah you, you know as much as uh as much as i've got a hankering to, to find our way back i think uh, i think you're right i think maybe we close up shop and uh find a, a good place to bed down it would be best uh to make sure we are well prepared for whatever comes in dark mm. yeah uh, yeah and then kind of in saying in dark just like looks up at the endless black void <laughs> that we are currently existing underwater in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, both of us just looking up at that. The dark water outside the crystal walls becomes the dark feathers of a raven, which drops from its branch as it's pierced by an arrow. Kara and Diglin step over it as they strike into the thicket of trees around their camp, hoping to find a meal that might coax the queen mimic back into service. The sound of their footsteps in the snow, masked by the cawing laughter of the remaining ravens in the trees. Kara out with Diglin. You can tell as you're walking with her, she's not that focused on hunting. She's making a lot of noise, uh, wandering around, and she she's like shooting at a lot of ravens, uh, which are still in the trees, though the numbers are rapidly diminishing. Are they diminishing more because she's shooting them or because they're going away? Mostly because they're being shot. Uh, okay. The hawks um, are also like flying through the trees, still picking them off. Okay. I would um, be taking like 100 meters or so and like walking at a distance and seeing if I can spot other things. Uh, yeah, do a survival. That is a 10 plus 7 is 17. You are like looking around, uh, listening, like your your ears are still kind of ringing with the sounds of these ravens in the area, but 
you, you have some hunting experience, like you're pretty comfortable out in the woods. The weird thing that kind of happens is as you're looking around, you look in one area, turn away from it, but then the wind changes a little bit and you smell a deer back behind those bushes. Okay. I smell a deer. Interesting. I'm going to go investigate. Sure enough, looking through the bushes, you can see a deer just on the outside of the thicket, digging away some snow and munching at the grass under it. Yeah, I'm going to cast fireball at it. Uh, yeah, I think it's a deer. You, you drop it pretty handily. Diglin, I have something. And she turns away as Gabby flies down and takes out another raven. She turns and comes back your way and says, oh, uh, yeah, good work. Let's pull it back. Do I see any signs of the goats out here? I think with that survival check, you would have seen some of the hoof prints on the ground as well from the goats. I'm not really strong enough to haul it back on my own, but I saw some of the goat prints um, back that way a little bit. Maybe I'll keep going. All right, I'll bring this back. Be quick. All right. And as you continue after the goat prints, I think you would find whom with the goats, which are doing the same thing, just digging away at the snow, kind of rubbing their horns on the trees in the thicket. Okay. Hoppo, hoppo beasts, we must return forthright. Time is of the essence. And they are totally ignoring the owl, I presume. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he like hops to another uh, branch. Beasts, uh, up, up, come now. Here we go. We must, uh, away we go. How do I express to you the gravity of this situation? <laughs> uh, do they have like harnesses or anything? They are still lightly, yeah, tackled. Okay. I'm going to go and try and convince them to follow me. Uh, yeah, make an animal handling check. All right. We'll see how this goes. Oh, that is a skill. Hey, I actually do okay. Um, that's a 22. Having spent quite a bit of time with Gertie and Brett, you, you sort of know how to talk to them where things are really just suggestions. You really have to make things seem like their idea <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, for them to go and, and do anything, but very slowly. And I think uh, aided by the fact that they are irritated by the owl um, <laughs> and that they want to leave the area that it's in, you're able to sort of get them moving. Excellent. Yeah, I think Hoom lands on uh, Gertie's horn. Oh, greetings, little one. Quite away with the beasts, have you? I guess I've sort of gotten to know them. Although they're stubborn. Hmm. Yuri's better. Excellent. Oh, quite well. Mm. The dwarf has his uses. Oh, oh, oh. And like, whom just like settles down and like fluffs up his feathers. Yeah. Kara will not engage any further. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, make it back with the, with Gertie and Brett, just as like the caravan is getting propped back up onto its wheels or skis at this point. And you see Diglin out front has like sort of cut and bled the deer in front of the cabin, but it still remains completely still. 
and she's just sort of standing there with her hands on her hips. Stubborn. Where do you get that? Is she hurt? Is she alive? Uh, she's definitely alive. Well, I mean, I suppose she's alive. Maybe she's hurt. It's kind of hard to diagnose when you just look like a cabin. <laughs> I suppose I could try, like, I could try a little cure wounds, but she's so big, I don't think it would go very far. I'm going to try it, though. I'm going to cure wounds on a bit of the fence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it definitely feels wrong. You're like putting your, it just feels exactly like wood. Uh, and you don't feel the usual like connection to a life force that you feel when you connect with, with healing magic. Usually you can feel the way that a, a creature or a person is rooted to the earth below them and how they, they come from some sort of natural source. Like this literally feels like trying to heal a, the wall of a building. It's not connecting properly. I don't, I don't really understand it. She'll get hungry eventually. Then she'll have to come up and she'll have to let me take a look at her. And she's not really talking to you. She is shouting at the cabin. I think Ben kind of pokes his head out of the cabin door and comes comes walking over. So what? Why won't she move? I don't know. I tried to see if I could heal her a bit, but it just feels like wall and not like a creature when I try and connect. Could we try on like the tentacle bit? Could she put a tentacle up? She isn't putting tentacles up. But this, so like all the dirt is her too, right? Or is the dirt on top of her? I think the whole thing is her. I mean, when she wants you to stick, you stick. Okay. Um, and like, yeah, Ben is like, uh, is going to crouch down in the corner, like, uh, like touching the bottom of the fence and the ground. And he's going to concentrate and cast lesser restoration touch a creature and can end either one disease or one condition afflicting it yeah the the same sort of thing you usually you can feel like time moving through things this feels just inanimate it's not working we we can't stay here though right like we should we gotta go we gotta move lily is and like ben is like starting to like you can see like he's breathing faster he's he's looking like between diglin and kara and yeah, let's uh, let's get the goats hitched up. Okay. Uh, okay. Where's Yuri? And Ben like kind of starts walking off. Yeah, uh, Yuri, you could see was still in the cabin, just like uh, tending to whoever was around. Uh, now that the caravan is getting sort of set up, he comes out, and then yeah, sees Gertie and Brett, and says, "Oh, my babies! Hey, there they are. Good." work you two and it's like rubbing on their nose like that's what you do you cut and run leave us for dead <laughs> <laughs> worry not digger of ditches i found your beast of burden oh for fuck's sake thought we <laughs> yes. were done with you no tis i to lend my aid and he like reaches inside and grabs a broom from the side of the <laughs> cabin and starts swinging it wildly oh. at whom you dreadfulness beast! Oh, Scat, get cease, out of here! We cease. don't need you! 
I can fly higher. And boom, just like hovers seven <laughs> feet off the ground. Yeah. And he's like jumping and trying to swing the broom. He tries to throw it and it doesn't leave his hand. And then he's like, ah, shit. And little tentacles start coming out of it. And he's like oh. trying to pry it off of his hands. It gets stuck to his feet. And he ends up just like in a ball around Yuri, this mimic broom. Yuri. Yes, taste the irony of your aggressions. Give, give I'm going to tear your wings off. Give me, give me that broom, Yuri. I need to try something. <laughs> and yeah, you, it, it, it is just stuck to him. I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on the broom and see if it sticks. <laughs> uh, your hand does stick to it. Yeah. Uh, and you feel the same, the same feeling, uh, like it is just an inanimate object. Okay. Uh, despite it now growing little mouths and trying to bite Yuri, mimics have, have a built-in property to be undetectable. Okay. If necessary. Well, that's um, that's probably a good sign. I was worried she might be dead. Uh, yeah, Yuri like kicks the broom off and it scurries back into the house. Uh, little tentacles like carrying it along the ground like a centipede. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ben kind of like walks up and he's been watching this and he just says like, Are "We losing, Are we losing control." Yes, yes, we definitely are. <sighs> Should get our stuff out of the cabin, hey? We need to sleep. And we need to set a watch. And we need to plan our next steps. Would you keep it down out there? Some of us are trying to catch some shut-eye. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the amount of time that it took to fix up everything outside, I think Valen could have gotten his short rest in. Yeah. Okay, excellent. That, that makes sense. I, I believe I've... I've recovered enough energy to, to reach out to, to Rowan. What do you think I should say? Rowan and Bree head back into the abandoned Bryn Ward of Kratok. Bags and arms filled with scrolls, leather, and two gigantic weapons as they make their way to try to close the doors behind them using the hexagonal ring that Bree now wears around her wrist. Yeah, let's go close that door. Yeah, I guess we make our way uh, uh, back to the door and... and try out the key yeah okay key so m making your way back out um the and going into the main room nothing has changed on the way out still no sign of fang or anything moving outside of the these clear crystal walls on all sides of you just off into the endless abyss okay. back into the big empty room um yeah, you can see that each of the doors in here, the three doors, have a, about halfway up the wall, 15 feet off the ground, is a an indentation that would fit this hex. Uh, do you want to try on shoulders? And Bree just kind of like tries to make a little staircase out of herself. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, here, let me just put my, oh, I'm sorry. Can I put my foot here? Is that, oh, all right. Hold still. Okay, I'm crying. Yeah, very big. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. All right. And uh, which door are you closing? I guess first I would try it on uh, the one that goes into the, like the other section we haven't been to yet. Maybe. Uh, what do you think? Oh. Oh yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking the uh, uh, resident, just like the one into the residential neighborhood. Um. But yeah, no. If you wanted to do that one, that one I think even makes probably more sense. That place is scary. It's yeah. dark. It's so dark. So dark and scary. Yeah, okay. Well, then, uh, if you're good with that, then let's say that door first and um, see how it works. 
Yeah. Um, so climbing up onto Bree's shoulders and reaching up towards the door, you place the hex into the spot. It does fit perfectly. Oh. And but there is when you put it in, it just kind of sits there, and you see it light up. Hmm. Uh, but pretty quickly, it is popped back out into your hand. Oh. Oh. What hey, happened? Well, some kind of light show, and then and then it just sort of popped out again. Um, maybe it's like a. Uh, like a key for maybe they all fit, but only certain ones unlock and lock certain things. You, you know, let, let's try the residential uh, door over different, here. Different key for a different lock. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, it scurries over to the the other lock. Yeah. Well, okay. oh, hey, well, I got a balance up here. Hold up. <laughs> 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 like wacky, waving, inflatable two yeah. man uh, <laughs> yeah, like, across. Yeah. Across like four hundred feet of. <laughs> Wobbling uh, across this huge down, room. Um, are you doing it from the uh, from inside this room or from inside the residential area? Probably inside the residential area. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I would think. Yeah. So when you wobble your way in through the door into the <laughs> residential area again, uh, reaching up, you place it inside, uh, and as you do, it lights up again, and this time you see runes all around the door light up okay. as this electrical energy moves through them as you see this area like as it lights up over the top you can see that this area has a name hmm. and it is the Bryn Ward you Bryn? translate Bryn B-R-I-N okay. and when you do that the cube on the ceiling lights up to its full brightness uh, so the oh. gloom of this area disappears as it lights up, like extending out into the dark, out the windows. And the door doesn't close, but the socket itself becomes malleable. Uh, you can rotate the hex. Okay. Oh, well, right. Well, well that's uh, that's some light on the situation, and, and I mm. think I can... Hold on, I think I can kind of twist it here. I, I got to shift my feet a little bit. Watch my heels there, and, and I'll kind of crank it to uh, to the right. Uh, yeah, turning it to the right, the cube above dims again into like sort of a pleasant purple glow. Hmm. And oh, and and when you inserted it first, also there was like a clunking under the ground below you. You could feel a kind of grinding and, and clanking and the fountain in the center of the storm giant child holding out two buckets um, water starts to pour oh. out of the buckets as the mm. fountain reactivates oh but the door stays open but the door stays open yeah oh well that's something I, I've got a aunt hibiscus who'd love this for some of her parties uh, and I kind of try to crank it to the left this time yeah cranking it to the left um, brings it back uh, so when you bring it back to the center, the cube goes blue, the the fountain starts up again, and then when you crank it to the left, the door slams shut. Just a fish swimming along, just seeing like this like disco light show happening underwater. Like, what yeah. is happening over there? Yeah. What the heck? So it, uh, so it twists to the left and uh, the door closes? And the door closes, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, perfect. And, mm -hmm. uh, well, we can see a little bit and then... And, and, it's maybe fresh water in fountain. Well, that, that's definitely promising. Yeah, this, this is great, Bree. This this is a good step. And these runes here, it says this area is called the uh, the Bryn Ward. Bryn Ward? 
Yeah. What, what, what you is know, it's Bryn? Well, I think in this particular case, it's it's a combination of Bree and Rowan. Yeah, it's a nice name for our award. It's not too bad, is it? Not too bad. Yeah, and I think Bree like like shrugs you down off her shoulder and like claps you on the back, mm -hmm. uh, heading over back towards the I suppose the fountain. Because we're probably yeah. pretty thirsty underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you do find the water in there is fresh water. Nice. Uh, and oddly clean. The entire mm. fountain itself is is strangely clean. So as the water the the water is like slowly draining out the bottom as you go over, but um, able to like scoop some up pretty quickly. And or no, sorry, the fountain is going again. Uh, because you have it turned to the left, so uh, you're able to like scoop water out as it's like filling up the bottom, just creating this yeah crystal beautiful clear water. Wow. Yeah, I think I think you know Bree probably takes a little taste to see whether or not it is poison through the old <laughs> tried and true taste test method. <laughs> yeah. uh, waits like thirty seconds, shrugs, and then just like sticks her head under a the tap effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, once uh, once Bree sort of gives her go ahead, I'll like scoop some up in my water in my hands and just like splash it over my face. And oh, this is well, this ain't so bad at all. It's, it's not a bad place to live. I could uh, certainly get used to it down here uh, if there is no threats other than well, perhaps giant eel. But yeah, I mean that skeleton looked pretty untouched. So you know, if there was scavengers or something, I, f I feel like. Well, I feel like we'd see more signs of him, you know? Yeah, he seems like he's probably pretty safe place. Yeah. yeah. Lightning <laughs> strikes through the water. <laughs> yeah. And Fang is like, oh, sorry, to the swims back away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I guess we would just look for a place to settle down for the night. I mean, we got that really comfy bed with the giant in it, but he doesn't take up a lot of space, so... Also, the other houses that you searched had beds in them, but oh. no skeletons. <laughs> uh, well, we don't want to stay in those beds. They don't yeah. even have skeletons in them. Where's the ambiance, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to cuddle with? Yeah, um, yeah all right. Well, uh, um, I, I, I would just go into then, uh, I guess, probably like the blacksmith's house again. And okay. uh, um, dig a nest into the bed. Oh, uh, Bree, uh, do you think we, we should probably stay in the same same area? Eh? I mean, there's not much point in... Uh, I think that is smart. Uh, Bender yeah. is very big for giants, so uh, he's extra, extra very big for us. Yeah, perfect. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and I'm thinking, and I'm looking at the door to the house, and um, is it just like a wooden door kind of situation, yeah? Yeah, but there is no lock on it. Yeah. Uh, you did notice mm -hmm. none of these doors lock. Okay. So I kind of swing it closed does it squeak or anything or does it just oh no you've already said no yeah, yeah it closes cleanly mm -hmm. it's all just right. to cut out all my my door sound effects Mike's sick of hearing them after <laughs> yeah. the daggers out arc <laughs> yeah um all right uh, should we I don't know should we pile something up against this or uh um, maybe uh um, are there any like smaller metal pieces something that'll make a clang if it fell over you, you know what I mean uh, I mean we could uh Bree just like takes the sword and and props it up next to the door with the one of the cross guards just like sticking across the the gap. Hey, yeah. He's make big bang when this falls from door before. Uh, it oh, makes yeah. smaller bang now, but probably enough to wake us up. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I'll definitely be having an ear out anyway. So yeah, no, that's good thinking. 
Yeah, crawl into bed. Long mm-hmm. rest. Yeah, I'll sort of awkwardly kind of like elbows up and then like kick for a little bit and get a leg up and then climb into the climb over to the top. Yeah, and obviously loads of room in this bed, yeah. uh, and it is supremely comfortable. I think uh, as as a human watching a cat sleep on a human's bed, <laughs> and and being jealous of of this like angelic playland that they get, that's that's what you're feeling in this bed right now. Like a cat, I'm going to just like need and need, um, and Bree is probably going to like burrow down, a, like a, just a couple of feet into the bed itself, like just dig a little hole so that she can nest like completely surrounded by bedding. Right, yeah. And I, I feel like tearing little holes in the mattress too, you would see large feathers mm. uh, inside the mattress. Cool. Uh, probably for the first time in his life, Rowan is going to fully starfish on this bed. Before Rowan can rest, Valen, far away, finishes laying out his components for the sending spell concentrating on his orb focus and his lost friends. All right, then uh, this is it. And I, I'll start, uh, yeah, I'll take out the orb and, and get ready to cast Sending. Okay. Hello. <laughs> ring, ring. Hello. Hello, is this so... a potty line? <laughs> <laughs> Is this hot single ladies? <laughs> All right, so like area? as we're chopping that up and tearing it into pieces, we hear a voice in one of our heads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll cast sending to Rowan. Can you tell us how to reach you? If you set your heart on finding Yuri, we can use the compass to find you. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I, I would straighten up. Rowan straightens up. Oh man, the urge to just go and use up all those words. Um. Oh, oh, Valen. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Yes, uh, we'll do that. Uh, uh, we're safe. Uh, it seems to be abandoned. Uh, yeah, so I, like, opened my eyes again. Not as illuminating as I'd hoped, but they're not in immediate danger. They're alive? Mm-hmm. They're alive. I knew it! And <laughs> Ben, like, jumps up. It seems to be abandoned. Uh, abandoned? It? Um, what? The, the, the city? I, su- I suppose, yes, the city where they've arrived. Hmm. Th- that at least tells us that we can, we can focus on rescuing Light and Baito first. Could you... Could you tell anything else? Do you know... What did he like? What was? What did he say? Every like, what was? What, what did he say? Are they here? He, Are they on he, this plane? He sounded they... like Rowan. Um, uh, he didn't sound. It sounded like he, they might be on this plane. It did not have the same distortions as when I was casting message uh, across planes. Well, that's good. But so the, at least there isn't a storm a... giant city under some ocean. <laughs> Very. St- Perhaps we could, if we get to a city, we could do some research on. On locations of, we're really far away from the ocean. Yeah, we, we know we know of stories of this city, uh, uh, Kratok, um, but I, I don't know enough about it to, to say which ocean it, it lies within. Okay, well, if they're alive now and they're safe now, then we we have some time. What if the Legionnaire 
The Chained Legionnaire, would he know about it? We... He's a storm giant, right? Yes. He's also very far away, and uh, we didn't exactly bring his axe back to him. And he said he was going to have a new jailer soon. Yes, it's likely that the Frost Legion has returned to the cave, and and the storm giant may not be um, happy to see us if we've failed. Ben is, like, scratching his head, and he just goes... Can you ma- can you talk to him with magic, Balin? Not until tomorrow morning. But you can, right? Uh, yes, I could. Okay. My eyes sort of like glaze off for a second. It's like, in fact, it would require two of my most expensive spells. But it, it would it would drain me. But I I could. Two. I would have to translate as well magically. Right, and we need we need you to save your magic for fights. If we're going on a rescue attempt, then yes. Maybe tomorrow we should try and rescue Light and Bido, and then the next day we can talk to the giant if we're all okay and we survive it. Mm-hmm. That does seem to be the level of priority that I would rank them in as well. The boon only lasts for one day. What if they drown? Can Can Lilia hear this whole conversation? Probably. Wait, when Ben says that and and Kara says probably, Star is like just, you see a really mad look crosses his face and he's like, what, do you think this is it? Do you think, Lilia, are you, are you here? Huh? Are we going to fight? I, I, I can't take this shit anymore. And then he just storms out. I'll keep watch for the first watch, and I will wake up Star next, and Star will figure out who to wake up after that, and we're all going to get some sleep. I'll try. And so we, we've decided it's all right to rest here for the evening, and we're not going to take the caravan and get moving. We're going to be incredibly vulnerable no matter where we are. Lilia just, she knows where we are. I suppose that's right. What if you covered your eyes, we covered your eyes, and we took the caravan away for a little bit? They they found it when me and Diglin were gone, so... But it was in the same place where we left it. I don't think we can get far enough tonight to not be easily findable. She's much faster than us, and she knows the area. I think we just have to hope that she's busy. You just start hearing, like, a thunk and then like a pause, and then like a thunk, and then like a pause. Like the sound of a dagger hitting a wooden hitting wall. like a wooden wall. <laughs> it's good they're alive. It is. Right? Yes, yeah. we, we, we know that. That's good news. You know, maybe things do happen for a reason. <sighs> maybe. <laughs> yes, and I'm, I'm, I'm certain that, that uh, Bree and, and, and Rowan, they'll be able to find some source of air b- before the boon runs out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain we'll see them again. I didn't even think about that. Boy, doesn't look good. Ooh. That seems like that would be a smash cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the dim abandoned bedroom of a storm giant house, a furbolg and a lizard folk, no closer to finding their way home 
try to settle in for a rest in the massive empty bed. Um, so both of you drifting off to sleep pretty easily, I believe. Well, I, yeah, I think I might do a roll. I, I think once the excitement sort of wears off and, uh, you know, I like lying kind of still with my own thoughts for the first time probably that day, uh, Jaren is definitely going to come back into mind. And uh, the image of Bree with her fingernail kind of just sort of flicking a life away is going to sort of float through a, a fair bit. Um, so I, I might actually just do a roll to see if I manage to fall asleep past that. Sure. Okay, well, his conscience doesn't bother him too much, I guess. That's uh, plus wisdom, so that's 21. I, I think, like, with those thoughts sort of rattling around in your head, maybe it does keep you up hmm. longer than it should, but just the sheer exhaustion on yeah. your body uh, eventually does take over. You probably hear Bree snoring extremely loudly after a very short period, and like she has just rolled over, like full belly up, uh, you know, like a cat in the sun sort of yeah. thing. A um, snowbank <laughs> rising and falling, yeah. <laughs> and I think both of you fall into a heavy sleep. Uh oh. Bree, you are sort of taken by this dream, seeing the crystals outside just through the window like as you're as you're falling asleep looking out the window seeing the crystal of the walls you dream of these crystals and of mm. sand and darkness you see lightning striking throughout these crystals back and forth as you sleep you feel something else grow restless Oh, oh dear. And just as you're starting to come to terms with where you are and what you're feeling, both of you wake up to a huge hollow boom. Mm. As you both start up in this bed, just the, the single squares of light coming through the window in this otherwise dark home, this boom, metallic, echoes through this residential area. When you hear that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard. Is that our sword? Is that our sword? He's much bigger than sword. All right, let's, uh, uh, and I'll kind of like pat my cheek. All right, oh, okay, let's, uh, let's, let, let's have a look out this window. Looking out the window, you see the same still scene. This house being not even halfway down the residential block from the door. You can see the closed doorway and no movement outside and as you stare in silence again boom and just echoing out from the direction of the doorway yeah well Rowan I think our nap has been very enjoyable but he's perhaps over now uh, <laughs> yeah yeah strangers are knocking Bree let's uh let's go see who it is I guess yeah and yeah Bree would kind of just like her eyes would would go from the door just to the crystals all around encapsulating this before like breaking her sight from the window uh, and heading downstairs. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing we did not get like a, a rest yet, right? Not not quite a long rest. Yeah. No. Okay. No. So I won't add anything to that. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm on my way out uh, with Bree and I'm um, just kind of got my crossbow. I'm sort of checking it over to see what kind of, uh, if any damage the, the water would have caused while we were swimming through it, just kind of tweaking it like that as we go. It's sort of nervously looking around and um 
Prius got the huge axe on one shoulder and the huge sword on the other. And like, you can see even she is kind of struggling with the weight of the two of them. Right. Yeah, definitely leaning more to the side of the sword as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As we're walking, um, he'll kind of be like fiddling with his crossbow and then look up at Bree and then back down his crossbow then kind of look up at Brie and then change sides so she's on the side with the uh, the axe <laughs> and, uh, and and continue walking. And as you're making your way like down out of the house, you hear not another boom, but a scraping sound, just high-pitched screech, like deadened like, by this big, thick doorway on the other side of the door. Like a nail on, on chalkboard kind of thing, right? Like. 20 nails. Oh, not good. animalistic at all. Animalistic? Like, it doesn't sound like the sound of an animal screech. It sounds like... No, yeah, definitely something scraping against metal. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rowan, only one way to find out. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's too bad they don't put peepholes in these doors. Yeah, uh, and Bree forms a stepladder again. Yeah, uh, I think with a little more practice this time, he, he climbs up rather quickly. Uh puts the ring in and then oh we're okay uh you know Bree, i feel like this is pretty dumb but uh you you, you ready hey dumb things is what i do best sometimes <laughs> okay ooh, ooh, ooh. and I'll, I'll give it a twist to the to the right yeah the door flies open and there's nothing on the other side except looking on the ground you can see from the portal that leads out into the water there is a trail of water across the ground but not like something was dragging across the ground like it was dripping you don't think Jiren lived did you uh, uh, I think it's been a while since I've been in a ghost story Bree it feels like it's been about a week. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, can we follow the water? Does it lead to the main door in that room? It leads as you sort of step into the this dark abandoned room. Uh, it leads to the other hallway, the dark hallway. Oh, the creepy hallway that goes, yeah. Well, we uh, managed to gather some torch supplies. Perhaps now we explore. Yeah, you, you don't think we should try to finish the night, or, or well, not much of a night, I guess, but you don't think we should try to, I don't know, finish a rest or something? If possible that that is Jiren, uh, I would not want him to find whatever he is looking for down here. I mean, if it was Jiren, why would he be knocking on the door like that? I mean, I mean, I realize it wasn't actually a knock and more of a, more of a bang, but... I don't know, Bree. This is something I don't think we should rush into. And, and it doesn't look like the water... Like the water is just forming a trail down this hallway. It doesn't look like they've stopped to like, look at anything else in the room. Uh, yeah, I mean... Can I make uh, like you, a survival check, I guess, to track it? or Yeah, do, yeah. do a survival, I think. I'll, I'll do a, a perception as well to see if I see any other details. Sure. Uh, 13 plus 5, 18. 18. Oh, natural 20. Nat 20, Ooh, okay. Baby. Um, so both of you looking around, uh, Bree, you see 
that this... Is there blood in the water, I guess, would be <laughs> something else I'd be looking for, because I know that he is wounded? No, but sniffing it, uh, it is not just water. Hmm. Uh, it is water and some sort of strange slime, uh, like a mucus that was left behind. None of it smells reminiscent of Jaren from that brief cool. time that you had him in the air in right. here. Doesn't smell like the inside of an eel's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. Although I, I don't think you got the pleasure. Um, <laughs> well, not this time. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you see that, and you also see that these are drips. Uh, following the drips back to the portal, you can see that whatever this was didn't travel across the floor. It went up across the ceiling and that these this trail that you're seeing was dripping from above. Uh, Rowan, uh, I do not think he's Jiren. Oh, no. What, whatever this was is... is, is uh, I think less human. Human-ish? Human-ish? Well, what does that mean? Well, uh, for one, these walk on ceiling, not on the floor. And I, like, kind of instinctively crouch a little bit and look up. Oh, okay. Yeah. With your perception check, Rowan, I, I, you, you know it is not in here. You can't hear or see anything. Okay. You can see the door in the center. It must have made a stop there because even in this incredibly thick, incredibly durable metal, you can see scratch marks. Yeah, well, it's not in here now. And looking at these scratch marks and... You say it can climb, climb across the ceiling. Well, well okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think maybe that settles it. I, I think maybe we uh, we go back, we close this door again. Uh, we we kind of get our rest and we wrap our head around the situation and, and we tackle it again, sort of with everything we need and, and, and kind of decide to it to make is, a real go of it. That is not, uh, is not a terrible idea. Whatever this is must be perhaps some kind of hunter that is maybe using this for its home yeah let, let's go back let's close our door and uh see if we can get a little more sleep and, and then get some good supplies together and, and and make a proper trek of it um I'll, I'll say tomorrow but but you know what i mean yeah i i, I think he's wise idea ruin uh, he's better to be prepared for the unknown yeah if this is going to be uh some predator's territory we're into uh well, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of other things, so it's either really good at hunting or uh, really hungry. And, and frankly, uh, I don't really want to deal with it either way, so let's uh, let's get some good rest. He's very slimy, that much is certain, as Brie kind of like picks up some of the water goo uh, and rubs it in her fingers. Okay, well, well this is a, a lovely thing to try to fall back to sleep to, so let, let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's see what we do with this. So, making your way back towards the uh, Bryn Ward, you, uh, I think Rowan with that nat 20, uh, which has got to be like, what, a 37 or something like that? 31, I guess. Yeah. 31. <laughs> um, you, I think while you're walking away down that dark hallway, you can hear just the, it's not a sound, mm. but in this absolute silence, you can hear something just the, the hint of something down that hallway moving around in the dark. No, 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 no.
it's Mike Friday, your Dungeon Mom. We're going to start playing credits here at the end of our episodes, unless we have something real exciting to tell you. But we might also hide extra tidbits for you at the end, like we're going to do today. You can probably tell I don't cut much of the table hijinks we get into, uh, but there was some chatter that got cut for flow this episode. So I put it after the credits. I don't know how obvious this is, but the point from when Bree and Rowan went through the portal onwards, we started doing closed recordings. So these episodes coming out are the first time any of the players have heard what's been happening to the other players. So the sending spell in this episode is actually the only information that's been passed between the two groups. So that's the discussion after the credits, uh, which are going to be right now. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wonders and Blunders. Ben and Whom were played by Mitchell Bradbury. Bree was played by Kieran Dyke. Kara was played by Kate Clark. Rowan was played by Andy Woolridge. Star was played by Robert. Phelan was played by Evan Walsh. The World of Fadoon was created by your dungeon mom, Mike Fardy, and exists in the D&D 5e system, published by Wizards of the Coast. Our logo was created by Mike Butler, and our character art was created by Mike Fian and Brett Pye. Available links to the players and artists can be found in the show notes. Go check them out. We're an independent podcast supported by you, the listener. To support the show, go check out patreon.com slash wonderandblunder, leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice, and follow us on social media at wonderandblunder. Thanks for continuing to listen and spreading the word. It means the world to us. And as always, keep being the best. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Oh, oh, Valen. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Yes. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, uh. We're safe. Uh, it seems to be abandoned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we can. It seems to be abandoned. That's yeah. all. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Should I? Is that good? Like, should I add more to that? I, That's I, what. That's what we got. I was just thinking yeah. he'd be like, don't do what you usually do and go on and on and on. Count and, and keep it short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. So I think we can, uh, we'll, we'll split them up again there now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't know why I was so stressed out about this, honestly. <laughs> Such valuable information has been shared. Yeah. This really lets you know how different sending is when there's no meta knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, we could do it this way all the time. We could just, you know. Hey, I hope I never have to play with you motherfuckers again. <laughs> this has been so free. Well, that's really good to hear. We're, we're lacking so many puns on our side of the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I doubt that. That's, uh, that's pretty, pretty dead, you could say. Are hey. you dead? Did you die? What? 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 I said what? we were safe. <laughs>